Welcome back to Impactful Experiences with Sierra Ty Brownlee, where I chat with a new guest each episode and ask them to share one of their impactful experiences. This is your host, Sierra, and I want to thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Today, I'm joined by my cousin, Lauren Brownlee, who's currently traveling, living in a van, and doing a lot of biking. And Lauren is a very special guest because she is the one who encouraged me and really supported me to start this podcast. So thank you so much for coming on today, Lauren. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here, Sierra. It was actually pretty cool. Um, Sierra and I, we were at your family's cabin Mm -hmm. um, when you were on winter break last year. And I remember just happening to overhear you on the phone with various um i think strangers who you're basically interviewing just trying to understand their experiences i think a lot of it was networking and it was pretty cool to just hear you interviewing people and i, I said wow she <laughs> she has a talent here um and how cool is that that you can then just transfer that over into a podcast <laughs> Well, I appreciate you providing that encouragement because I don't know if this would have been started without you giving me those words of encouragement. So thank you. I know it was on your mind, but... (laughs) I was thinking about it, but that's what I needed, you know? Definitely. (laughs) Well, happy to be here. Great to have you on. So we can just hop right in and if you'd be willing to start talking about your experience. Sure. So I am going to talk about my experience when I used to be a working person. I used Mm -hmm. to be an engineer. I was working for a big defense company in Los Angeles, and I actually had a pretty poor experience. I was young. I was, I think, about two years into my career Mm -hmm. um and my company they wanted to send me to grad school Mm -hmm. and they had this uh strange contract between the company and the school because it was um well it was the air force institute of technology so this company had a relationship with the school where they send students and in return the school sends um software hardware information all that kind of stuff yeah so there there were incentives on either side and i happened to be the best candidate for them to (laughs) send to grad school Mm -hmm. and i felt kind of like a pawn they just they promised me so much they said this is really gonna like have your career take off and we're gonna pay you while you go to school Mm -hmm. um you have to move to ohio and go to school full-time yeah but this is really gonna set your career off and meanwhile i'm sitting there like well if i stayed at my company um i'm due for a promotion and i'm not going to get the promotion while i'm away yeah and i was a little bit worried about that but I, i mean it's a very bureaucratic sort of company and they they promised me no it's it's actually this is the best thing you can do for your career and we'll get you a promotion right when you get back and blah 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 Mm -hmm. um so I ended up uh, 
listening to them. And I, I went out to grad school and um, with this program, I took my classes in Ohio and then I went back to my company in California yeah. where um, I did my research for my thesis. So I finished my classes mm-hmm. at um, grad school in Ohio and I went back to California to do the research for my thesis. Yeah. And I didn't get the promotion that I was promised, but besides that, I ended up having some major setbacks during the research phase for my thesis. Mm -hmm. And part of that was because of a bad attitude of one of my advisors, Mm -hmm. where he was stuck in this old way of thinking about how to do a process in the lab. Yeah. And I was sort of questioning him on this, and he said, well, I'm the expert in the field. It's always been done this way. Mm -hmm. Don't ask any more questions. And (laughs) as a questioning person, that that kind of attitude didn't really fly, and it turns out he was actually wrong about the whole situation in the lab. And that ended up continually setting me back months of research at a time. Mm. And I was getting more and more frustrated because my team was not cooperating with me and I would try to get answers because I do need help from the experts in the field and I yeah. I'm, I have no problem asking for help and asking the questions, but I was not getting the support that I needed. And this ended up taking a pretty big uh, toll on my mental health. Mm-hmm. And eventually I realized... <laughs> I was crying every single day at work and I, one of the things I do actually, which I think is kind of a fun, funny practice is I take a, I take a selfie every time I cry and I think it's good to sort of document, remember where you're at and hopefully grow from it and be able to reflect back. Mm -hmm. So going through my, (laughs) my camera roll, it's actually, it's kind of funny to see all the, the crying faces, but Yeah, the selfies were too frequent at that point, Mm. and I had signed on to an agreement because my company had paid for my master's degree. Um, I was tied to a contract, but I went to HR and said, I'm not happy. I can't continue like this. Yeah. And they, and I mean, I continued. I I was crying at this point. I was really just in the throes of it. And my HR lady said, well, no one wants you to be crying every day. Let me see what I can do. Mm-hmm. And turns out if you ask for what you want and what you need, people will work with you to get it. So I ended up getting out of that contract. I finished mm-hmm. my master's degree um, and <laughs> I, I did end up finishing my research as well, but remotely and not involved as involved in the lab as I was. Yeah. Um and yeah, so when I went to HR, they said let's let's start you off, let's have you take a leave of absence. Mm-hmm. And um let's reassess in 6 months and see if you're willing to come back because we do have a good job for you here and we want to keep you. So okay. I ended up that that was the impactful experience because yeah. I then got to decouple myself from this idea that 
work is everything, work is all consuming. And I, I mean, I had enough savings that I was able to just sort of set out. I moved full time into my van and I just started traveling and I was able to focus so much more time on my cycling, which is really important to me Mm -hmm. and my friendships and just, I don't know, sort of ruminating on who I am and what's important to me Mm -hmm. uh, instead of having eight hours of your waking day or longer, I guess, (laughs) um, being just poured into work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What an experience. Um, So when that leave of absence started, you did not go back. Did you know that you were not going back at that point? I had a pretty good idea. I didn't want to go back, but I continued to have an open mind because I do think that that's important. And I mean, I also didn't know what my financial situation would be. Like what Mm -hmm. if the van broke down and I had to be paying rent and then I would have, I would not have been able to afford this traveling lifestyle if I was Mm -hmm. also paying rent. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Okay. And when you kind of came to that decision um, and started living in the van, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do with this time or maybe what you wanted to do um, not working anymore at this job? Right. So I actually had in in my mind some cycling goals Mm -hmm. and they just seemed pretty far-fetched for a full-time working person. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, when you have more time and you are no longer setting your goals, setting big life goals as it relates to a job... um, sort of the world opens up. So I got a little bit more serious thinking about um, this race that I wanted to do. And it's called the Tour Divide, which is a a, um, 2,700 mile bikepacking race Mm -hmm. from um, Canada down to Mexico through the Rocky Mountains. And it just seemed so, so, so far-fetched. But at least with more time on my hands to um, train and also travel around to all the different sections of the route and yeah. do some rides and on the route, I gained more and more confidence mm-hmm. that I could do it. And um, leaving that company wasn't actually just the end of my working life. I've taken two temporary jobs since then Mm -hmm. one was working at a ski shop um for the winter and doing rentals which was actually really fun Mm -hmm. and that sort of um role that allowed me to be around other athletes but it's also not the kind of job where you define yourself as what your role is Mm -hmm. um More recently, I took an internship that related to um, the type of engineering I was doing before I left the defense company. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty cool because I knew it was temporary. I 
but I still was using my mind a little bit more and I was able to work for a company whose values aligned more with mine Mm -hmm. and um, stay a little bit relevant in my field in case I do end up wanting to go back to working um, in the field that I used to be working in. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, after my internship, it ended at the perfect time (laughs) uh, for me to just go out and do the race that I had been dreaming about. And I got off the trail about two months ago now. Mm -hmm. And I do have this really huge uh, feeling of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty cool. I think that if I had stayed in my career field and continued to work full time, Mm -hmm. I never would have been able to truly realize what I can do outside of work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Kind of going back to your experience or maybe even before, did you um, already have in mind the idea that you now have work does not need to be like such a big thing? um, Or was this experience really pivotal in a way in shifting that mindset I think it did shift my mindset because I was so enamored when that company told me this is gonna really like accelerate your career Mm -hmm. and you're gonna have so many more opportunities after this and that sounded really important to me at that time Mm -hmm. so yeah just realizing wait (laughs) Being successful in this career path that isn't resonating with me is not a goal of mine anymore. And there are so many other things that you can set goals about. Of course. Um, Talking about cycling, I think I didn't know that you had such a strong interest in cycling. I think maybe about the time that you were working there or maybe before that like that that time or before I didn't really understand until you started doing a lot more cycling and after so when did your interest in cycling start and have you always had it yeah so I mean I've always had a bike um growing up I would bike to school but that wasn't anything special I think like Mm -hmm. oh sometimes it would be fun to like race my friends to school but that was about it but then when I was in college um for two of the summers I had a road bike and I would zoom around town and (laughs) (laughs) have fun doing that but yeah I mean it just has continued to grow and grow yeah when (laughs) I do think that I would have had a lot harder of a time not working if I didn't have something else I was so passionate about and Mm. it so yes, I've I've always kind of been into cycling, but mm-hmm. having that time when I wasn't working really allowed my passion to really grow. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. So you've talked a little bit about kind of goals or kind of the goals that you had. And since you have completed like one of your biggest goals of doing the tour divide, um, What do you think you're looking to next or just taking some time because that was such a long race. So yeah, that's a great question. And I don't 
totally have an answer for you. Mm -hmm. Everything I can concoct now in my mind, like I do have the gears turning, but there's nothing as big as the tour divide that is realistic for me right now. Um, So I think in this period, I'm actually sort of reeling it back in. I'm realizing that now that I've accomplished that, like all the other cycling goals that I could set for myself, Mm -hmm. I can probably accomplish those while also having um, a career in my life again. I'll welcome a career. (laughs) I might welcome a career back into my life again. Um, And I will continue to keep my same attitude where work is not everything but Mm -hmm. I do think that I have the capacity now to um, put more of myself into work and still put a lot of myself into my passions which Mm -hmm. is mostly cycling yeah (laughs) okay okay um when maybe that day comes or if you do choose to go back and maybe pursue a longer career do you still want to stay in the same type of engineering that you worked in or switch industries or something else so i was an optical engineer and i could see myself um continuing down that path but Mm -hmm. i do not think i would go back to a large defense company i think that maybe there would be a role at a smaller defense company but ideally i would go work for a startup or a small company that has a positive impact on the world Mm -hmm. Uh, okay well i think that we will start wrapping things up at the classic final question is what's the best piece of life advice that you've been given lauren one phrase that i like to keep close but not too close is it doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay. I think that giving yourself a healthy amount of leeway and relaxation about all the things that usually stress people out, I think that that's important. I think that doing what's fun and what makes you happy is the best thing you can do. And if you're stressing about something, just remember it doesn't matter. Mm Mm-hmm in the grand scheme of things okay thank you good advice i think like i definitely stress about i don't know i think a lot of things um career and not um but yeah thank you so much lauren for coming on the podcast i appreciate you taking the time yeah thank you and this has been so special that we get to be in the same room doing the podcast (laughs) yeah when it was just an idea about eight months ago yeah crazy to see it come to life and to have you on so thank you yeah thank you all right thank you lauren and thank you guys for listening and take care